everybody. How you doing? Uh, we're doing a little something different today. I'm in a different little spot. Um, just kind of make things feel different for a minute. I know we jumped through Christmas and um, technically it's still Christmas weekend. So this morning I just wanted to say something really quickly. I'm not going to take a lot of time today. Um, tonight we're going to gather for what's called the Lord's Supper or communion. Um, scripture calls it a Passover. So for us, it's a pretty big deal when we hold our time uh, for the Lord's Supper and that kind of thing. For us, we set a whole evening apart for it. So it takes our whole uh, time together. So we're doing that tonight. Love for you to come. Anybody's welcome to come. Uh, we will spend the evening in remembrance of uh, what Christ said, to do this in remembrance of me. Well, that's what we do. And it's fun. I enjoy it. I think our group really enjoys the way we go about doing it. Don't do a whole Passover, but similar uh, experience anyway. So you're welcome to come. And, or any night for that matter, any Sunday night you want to come when we gather as a church, hit me up, uh, hit us up online. You can find that information, uh, how to find us there, whether it's through social media, through email, through the website. Um, yeah, contact us. We'll tell you how to find us. We're in Tempe. But anyway, um, this morning we're going to kind of continue really quickly just on that whole theme of is God among us. We've been talking about that. Uh, for a while, and today we're going to look at is God among us as a gift. Uh, last week it was as a child. This week it's kind of in the same thread as a gift. And uh, and again, this is going to be really short. Um, but um, basically for me, with Christmas here, the thought of what we talked about last week really punched me in the gut. Uh, we we talking about a, 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 was God among us as a child. But there were some passages in there that really kind of punched me. And one thing in particular really got me, and, and I'll share that with you today. I read it already, but we're going to go back to it. And, and I just want to drop this on you and let you wrestle with it for a while and maybe think on it. But in Luke chapter 2, in verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing uh, that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. Uh, there's this kind of weird thread. It's not just, oh, here's the baby, oh, the baby, all the baby. There's this thing, this saying that was made concerning the child. Uh, and then it says, and all who heard it wondered, heard the saying, they wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up these things. Pondering them in her heart. So let me pray for us. And, and if you were a part of our group, we talked about this last week, but I'm going to kind of share more. So don't feel like, oh, well, let me not pay attention now because we talked about this last week. No, I'll, you'll see. But let me pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the blessing of being able to open it, read it, uh, live in it, Lord, to be able to know you through it, to be able to share it. It's such a blessing. We love you, Lord, and we ask that you always speak to us through your word. Myself included, though my mouth might be open, I praise your word that's heard, and that I never add to it or take from it. It's only your word and not mine. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So, in that little passage I read, you probably noticed that it's not just the child there. It's not just this baby. It's an event. A whole thing is going on. It's a moment, you know. It's a miracle that's happening. What's the thing? What's the it? What's the saying 
there that they're referring to. This is not just about a baby being born, guys, or about a virgin giving birth, as amazing as that is. The thing, the saying here is a Savior is born. A Savior is born. Messiah the Lord is born. Salvation has come. Now, I've just been thinking about that more and more here lately, that not, not putting any light or, or putting down in any way the baby in the manger, but just thinking on the weight of a savior. Salvation has happened. It, it's been born. And it's had me thinking about some very familiar verses, but one in particular, and this is the one verse that just keeps going over and over and over in my head, and it's Romans 6.23, and it says, as many of you probably know, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't a gift free anyway? It's kind of been striking me that he says it's a free gift. That, that, that Why add the adjective free on there? Obviously a gift is free, it's given, right? Um, the gift, though, that was given to us freely was anything but free was not free at all eternal life it's not something simple here the the free gift of eternal life it's not something simple it's not like a flip flip of a switch or or god saying something i changed my mind hey let's just do this now it doesn't work that way his word has been established his word is spoken he can't be a liar it's not that simple. It's not like saying, well, you know, the fountain of youth's over here. Let's grab yourself a, a sol- red solo cup. Come get you a scoop and, you know, <laughs> you can live forever. It's not that simple. The gift is not free. Uh, it's free to us, but it's not free. And the reason why I know it's not free is because the first part of that verse, the first part of that verse, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. We're dealing with, when we're talking about eternal life and, and freedom and a free gift, it's in light of the weight of the word death. Death. You know what I'm saying? We have earned death. That's what wages of sin means. We have earned death. We've earned it. You know? Why? Well, from the beginning... And you probably know the story. If you don't, you can go back and read with Adam and Eve. But from the beginning, Adam was given an option to obey and follow and love and serve the Lord or to choose for himself to be as God and decide for himself what is right and what is wrong. And he made that choice when he ate that fruit. And in doing so, sin entered the world. And God told him beforehand That when that sin entered the world, that the result of that would be death. So the question's really simple. Since then, since Adam's day, some will argue there is inherited sin, like we are born into sin. Some will argue against that. I I believe in that, that we're born into sin. But even if you want to argue against it, the the question's still a quick, easy solution. Uh, Who is without sin? That's really the way to get to it. So today, who is without sin? Who has... Who is sinless and so has not earned death? The wages of sin is death. Who's sinless? Well, I can tell you the Bible says in Romans 3.10, None is righteous, no, not one. Quoting two different places in Psalms in the Old Testament. Here, Paul in the New Testament in Romans 3 says, 
none is righteous, no, not one. Verse 11, no one understands, no one seeks for God. Verse 12, all have turned aside. No one does good, not even one. And then in verse 23, the same chapter, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That be true, then all of us have earned death. The wages of sin is death. It stares us all in the face. But the gift is free to us. Just feel the weight of that. The gift is free to us. These these shepherds that are hearing these angels, that are, this event, this thing that's occurred, that, that the free gift of salvation is born. It's born, and I know it's, it, it, it's free to us because not just God changed his mind, but God paid the price for that eternal life. God paid for it. What did it cost? What did it cost God? Well, let me read a few verses and then I'll unpack them, but I'm going to read them really quick. And you're probably familiar with them all. And, and this is Christmas, man. These verses should be familiar with you year round, just as familiar as Christmas. John 3.16, I'll tell you why. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Had to be eye for an eye, man for a man. All right? Sin for sin. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world because the world was already condemned. And he says, but in order that the world might be saved through him. John fifteen thirteen. years later, as Jesus is an adult, he tells his disciples, greater love has no man than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends, foreshadowing what he intended to do. In John chapter 10 and verse 18, again, foreshadowing what he intended to do. No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. He came for the purpose of dying. This child was born. Salvation came to pay the price, to pay for death. Luke 23, verse 34, Jesus said, On the cross, at the moment of death, as he's dying, Even then, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots, divide his garments, goes on. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says, For our sake God made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. The only one in history that's been sinless. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. We have most definitely earned death. We all have. But God so loved us. He gave us his son. His son who gave us his life. Gave up his own life of his own accord. Because no greater love exists than that. His great love for us. And even in his greatest moment of agony, he's still seeking our forgiveness. He's still thinking of paying for our salvation. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. And as a result, for those of us who have faith in him, he takes our sin and we gain his righteousness. Basically, right with God. Rightness. With God is a good way to think about it. We're made right with God. We gain his sinlessness and he takes on our sin. That's the thing that was beginning in that moment. That these 
shepherds are, are, are flipping out over. The Savior is being born. Again, Matthew notes the angels telling Joseph. I mentioned this last week, but again, I'll say it in Matthew one twenty one. Uh, the angel tells Joseph that your wife's going to bear a son and you'll call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. That was the point. So what do you, what's the response to this? How do you respond to this? Is it the, a gift that you're freely willing to, is it a gift that you're going to accept? You say, well, yes, yeah, a free gift. I hear you. Well, do you want it? Have you already accepted it? I'm not talking to you right at the moment. I'm talking to those who haven't done that. Do you want it? Is it something that you actually want? Or is it something you're just going to scoff at? Oh, well, whatever, whatever's fine for y'all is fine for me. So, so I can handle the wages of my own sin. Is that what you're saying? You can handle it. I'll pay the debt. Can you do that? Can you satisfy death? Can you escape death? Is that you? You're going to try that route? Uh, or, listen, maybe you want your debt paid. Maybe you want your debt paid. Maybe you're ready to say, you know what, I can't do it. I can't do it, and I know I can't do it. Maybe it's time for you to accept the fact that Christ alone is able to pay your debt. Maybe you don't want to be a debtor to sin any longer. Maybe you don't want to live in fear of death any longer. Maybe you want to look forward to not just dying, but I mean looking forward to what's next because you know Christ has paid your debt. If that's you today, listen, you need to accept him. Accept that gift. It's free he, because he earned it for you. Accept that gift. Romans 10, 9, I want to read this to you. Uh, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Jesus is Lord, excuse me, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Listen, we quote that verse to people, say, hey, this is how you get saved. And we give them this long prayer to pray. I'm not asking you to pray some long prayer. I'm pointing you at what God's own word says. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Do you believe he's alive? Can you believe that? If you believe that, can you say it? Could you tell somebody else right now? I'm not saying you have to go do that. I'm saying, can you do that? Can you go to someone else and say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I believe he's alive. I trust that he's alive. That's what it talks about to be saved. He says, for with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. He goes, there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. That means all people, Jews, Gentiles, everybody. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Look at these phrases. If you confess and believe, everyone who believes in him, everyone who calls on his name, all who call on him, the doors open. It's, it's open to you, but you have to step through it. You have to call on his name. It doesn't give this pretty fancy prayer. It doesn't need to be. Call on his name. Do that today. Then let us know you did it. We want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. Listen, if you're believers, how do you respond to this, okay? What, what would be the gift that's been biggest to you this year? Or maybe if you thought back on your past, uh, you know, as a child growing up, what do you think the biggest gift, most important gift would be that you've gotten? 
I mean, you can think about that one for a minute. <laughs> but how do you imagine Jesus would answer that? Specifically from you. Specifically from you. What's his favorite gift from you specifically? Have you ever thought that? Remember, it's, it, we celebrate his birthday, right? So what would you say for his birthday is his favorite gift from you? Before you just say, my life, be careful, does he actually have your life? Um, I remember I started some years ago a tradition uh, out of honestly having no money but having a stack of Bibles of giving Bibles out to my family members and stuff because we didn't have any money and I thought how ridiculous is it that I'm freaking out because we don't have money to buy gifts when it's nobody else's day anyway it's Jesus's day but I have these Bibles and they were nice Bibles so I said you know what I'm giving everybody a Bible and and I went a little more than that I wrote a letter and stuff but but I gave everybody a Bible and it spurred me to think, you know what, that's what I need to do. That's what needs to happen. Now, shamefully, I don't do it anymore. But for several years after that, I started giving people Bibles. And you may say, well, why do they need a new Bible every year? Great question. So what I did is after that first year, I gave everybody a Bible with a note saying, this is a challenge for you to give this Bible to someone else in the next year. Because I believe, and this is true, that Jesus would love nothing more than that his word was handed out freely. And I still believe that today. And for that reason, I still carry Bibles with me all the time. If you run into me out here on the street in Phoenix, Tempe, wherever, you're going to be able to get a Bible from me if you want one because I carry them all the time. I'm not saying this out of pride. I'm just saying this out of that's something I love that he put in me. All right? And I'll end with this. Matthew 10, verse 7 says, And Jesus said to his disciples, proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, all great gifts. You have received without paying, so give without pay. He's not talking about whether ministers should be paid. No, that's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about here is not requiring payment for the spiritual gifts that you have or for the gospel. Not charging people for the miracle, but freely giving it. Um, I feel like that's the greatest gift that we can give to honor Christ as believers for the gift he's given us. Is to freely proclaim his kingdom. To freely give of ourselves and our talents and our abilities. Whether that means volunteering or at work or whatever. Um, But we do it in such a way that we glorify his name through it. Let me pray. God, I love you. I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for loving us. Jesus, I thank you for dying for us. I thank you for dying for us while we were filthy sinners and separated from you. I thank you that on that night, salvation was born. And the wages of sin met the gift of God in eternal life, that Jesus, Lord, that you paid the wages for us, that death doesn't have to hold us anymore. Lord, I pray there would be people today that this Christmas would be the one that stands out forever for them, and they would never be the same because they give their life to you. And I ask these things for your glory in Christ's name. Amen.